Hello, this is Father Neil here, and welcome to the September 4th episode of the podcast Catechism with Father Neil. Today we're going to look at numbers 2041 through 2046 of the Catechism. 2. The Precepts of the Church. 2041. The precepts of the Church are set in the context of a moral life bound to and nourished by liturgical life. The obligatory character of these positive laws decreed by the pastoral authorities is meant to guarantee to the faithful the very necessary minimum in the spirit of prayer and moral effort in the growth of love in God and of neighbour. 2042. The first precept. You shall attend Mass on Sundays and on holy days of obligation and rest from servile nature labour requires the faithful to sanctify the day commemorating the resurrection of the Lord. The Blessed Virgin Mary and the Saints in the first place by participating in the Eucharistic celebration in which the Christian community is gathered and by resting from those works and activities which could impede such a sanctification of these days. The second precept, you must confess your sins at least once a year, ensures preparation for the Eucharist by the reception of the Sacrament of Reconciliation which continues baptism's work of conversion and forgiveness. The third precept, you shall receive the Sacrament of the Eucharist at least during the Easter season, guarantees as a minimum the reception of the Lord's body and blood in connection with the Paschal Feasts, the origin and centre of the Christian liturgy. 2043. The fourth precept, you shall observe the days of fasting and abstinence established by the Church, ensures the times of assesses and penance which prepare us for the liturgical feasts and help us acquire mastery over our instincts and freedom of heart. The fifth precept, you shall help to provide for the needs of the Church, means that the faithful are obliged to assist with the material needs of the Church, each according to his own ability. 3. Moral Life and Missionary Witness, 2044. The fidelity of the baptised is a primordial condition for the proclamation of the gospel and for the church's mission in the world. In order that the message of salvation can show the power of its truth and radiance before men, it must be authenticated, uh, authenticated by the witness of the life of Christians. The witness of a Christian life and good works done in a supernatural spirit have great power to draw men to faith and to God. 2045. Because they are members of the body whose head is Christ, Christians contribute to building up the church by the constancy of their convictions and their moral lives. The church increases, grows and develops through the holiness of her faithful until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. 2046. By living with the mind of Christ, Christians hasten the coming of the reign of God, a kingdom of justice, love and peace. They do not, for all that, abandon their earthly tasks, faithful to their master. They fulfil them with uprightness, patience and love. Okay, great. So today we're looking at what the catechism, what the... It's traditionally called the precepts of the church. This is a series of teachings that have um, developed over the years that are basically there to show the bare minimum of what it means to be to be a Catholic. That 
there's huge freedom in the spiritual life. Huge. The life of uh, a nun in an enclosed convent and the life of a father of children will be very different. The life of somebody who has dedicated themselves to looking after the poor and the life of somebody who's dedicated themselves to Eucharistic adoration can be vastly different. As I say, there are a million legitimate ways to be a Catholic, to live the Catholic faith. There is basically one for every person that's ever existed. Every Catholic that has ever existed has lived their Catholicism in a different way. Yet, throughout the centuries, the Church has developed some norms that she teaches, and really that's why they're called precepts, as um, a norm of law even, that is what it means to be a Catholic. And if you are doing this, then you're a Catholic. If not, then you're not. And um, uh, again, this is, uh, I know today people find it very difficult to accept teaching, to accept absolute teachings. But the church over centuries has come to this um, to this knowledge that this is really what it means to be a Christian. That if you're not following this, you're not really following Christ. You can be a very good person, you can be many other things, but you're not a disciple of Christ. And what are these things? To attend Mass. Again, to attend Mass when you're able to attend Mass, if there's some excuse, a good, valid excuse, if you're looking after a sick child, if you're uh, in a place where there is no mass, if you're, I don't know, if you're working as a doctor, as a nurse in an emergency room and somebody's dying, you can't say, well, look, forget about it. We're not finishing the open heart surgery, um, you know, uh, because I've got to go to mass. Again, it's not this, but that if at all possible, the Christian goes to mass on Sunday. You shall confess your sins once a year. Again, this is the one, I suppose, maybe the one that is most um, disrespected by Catholics. But the Church says that if you haven't confessed at least once a year, then you can't really consider yourself to be a Catholic in good standing. Um, then the, the third precept is this of uh, receiving the Eucharist at least once a year. Again, this once a year. Um, and this preferably during the Easter season. Uh, so this, uh, and then the next one is to observe the days of fasting and abstinence established by the church. Um, these days uh, are very few. It's basically uh, um, Ash Wednesday and Good Friday. Um, and then there should be a penance on every, on every Friday of the year. And in many countries, uh, or in uh, most countries also, the Fridays of Lent um, are days of fast and abstinence. Um, for whatever reason, the bishops of Ireland have done away with that. Uh, but anyway, um, so this is the, the next one. And the last one, to provide for the needs of the church, to provide for the upkeep of the church, that it is a sad reality that the church needs up upkeep, that there is uh, oftentimes this idea that the church is filthy rich. And really, with the exception of one or two uh, institutions, one or two uh, exceptional places like Notre Dame uh, University, or I don't know, um, maybe the odd parish somewhere or other. In general, the church does not have a lot of money. Um, and an awful lot of the charitable works of the world are done through the church. There are so many hospitals and schools and healthcare uh, facilities and clinics and, and the rest of it that are done through the church 
and so the church um, spends a lot of money, um, and so the the Christians are uh, expected to look after the church. Again, there are many ways that it can be done. Um, it's not that you necessarily have to put in the collection basket of your local parish, or that necessarily you have to support your own local bishop, although in general that should be a very good thing to do, but that we have to up pay for the upkeep of the church in one way or another and all this then is followed um, the the um, the section of the catechism that we read today finished up looking at the importance of moral life for witness the world needs to see christians this is a very important aspect of christianity that christianity be visible so that when they see your good works, they may give praise to your Father in heaven. That this is really what Christianity is about. That we're called to bear witness to Christ. And again, this is part of the same process that the moral life is done inside the church. And it's not just for me. It's not just me getting myself to heaven. But that I, as a member of the church... I'm on my way to heaven, please God. And in that process, I'll bring other people with me. And I will be brought by other people. And that other people's witness will help me. And that my witness will help other people's. Both inside the church and also those who do not know Christ yet. And it will serve as an evangelical witness both within and without the church. So, uh, so this is the section we're looking at today. So we're at the end of the section, so there's a few of numbers of in brief. 2047. The moral life is a spiritual worship. Christian activity finds its nourishment in the liturgy and the celebration of the sacraments. 2048. The precepts of the church concern the moral and Christian life united with the, with the liturgy and nourished by it. 2049. The magisterium of the pastors of the church in moral matters is ordinarily exercised in catechesis and preaching on the basis of the Decalogue, which states the principles of the moral life valid for every man. 2050. The Roman pontiff and the bishops as authentic teachers preach to the people of God the faith which is to be believed and applied in the moral life. It is also incumbent on them to pronounce on moral questions that fall within the natural law and reason. 2051. The infallibility of the magisterium of the pastors extends to all the elements of doctrine, including moral doctrine, without which the saving truths of the faith cannot be preserved, expounded or observed. So very well. So tomorrow we'll continue. And tomorrow we're going to look at numbers 2052 through 2055. God bless.